0: Every time I can, I get to be
1: a fish man. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And I think we might have the Grizz on the line with us uh, from somewhere in Mexico. Grizz, are you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here, John. Oh, great.
1: Oh, great. Yeah, this is a little complicated. Too complicated for me because we had to do a conference call and switch it over and bounce it off a satellite. But we got you. Where are you?
0: Yeah, you sure do, buddy. Where are you? I'm in a little bitty town in northern Mexico called Sabinas. Uh, Actually, I'm about an hour from the Texas border Mm. from Laredo, Texas
1: yes and what are you doing there
0: and uh well i'm just having a great time i'm here with a company an outfitting company called uh mexico white Tail and wing company and i'm actually hunting dove and duck and have a lead and wild boar john
1: Grizz, you know, we talked to you a week or so ago, and we started talking about hunting, and I think that, you know, we're going to be going more in that direction, because everybody that hunts fishes. Is it fish, fishes? How do you say that? Anyway, but not everybody that fish hunts. But Mexico, you would never really think about it being as a primary for hunting, but we're finding out that it actually is.
0: Well John, the thing of it is the uh, hunting here. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh yesterday yesterday afternoon I went out for a couple hours. <laughs> in a couple hours I shot a hundred doves. Uh, oh. Absolutely incredible.
1: Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jenny's in the studio and she goes, Oh, <laughs>
0: Well, the thing of it is, you know, in Mexico, one one thing that most people don't realize, the doves are considered to be a pest. They come down by the thousands. I mean, literally thousands. The sky is black with them. And they come down and eat all the millet, and they get into just about everything they could eat that the people produce down here and destroy the crops. So, you're allowed uh, 95 uh, morning doves and 95 white wing doves, and then there's no limit on the ring neck because, as most people know or don't know, a ring neck dove is not native to the Americas. The ring neck dove actually was brought in from Turkey as a cage bird. Hmm. And the people, they've escaped and everything, and they're a real nuisance because they have three clutches a year, and they will go into the white wing doves and the morning doves and literally throw the eggs out, use their nest, and uh, use their nest to produce their own chicks. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But now... Of course, when you take these dove, you're not, you're, you know, you're not shooting them just to watch them fall. So, would you breast them, or what do you do with them?
0: Well, we breast them out. We ate them last night. We, uh, like I said, we shot a hundred. Uh, Charles and I, we uh, breast them out. We brought them in. Uh, the guides and all the crew here at the lodge, and we had a big beast. We take them. We breast them. Uh, you know how chicken breast is. Well, these are just a lot smaller. You cut them off the bone, then in the center you put cream cheese and a little jalapeno pepper. Then wrap them in bacon and then <laughs> put them in the oven for wow. about twenty-five minutes. And I want to tell you, you've got something great.
1: Wow! Wow! I mean, no.
0: they're fantastic eating.
1: Yeah. No, I've heard about people going down in northern. Uh, Mexico for bird hunting, and they have what do they call bird boys or something? That you know, you, yeah, you well, that's what we use. Yeah.
0: You use bird boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, your guys actually sit there with you in the blind. They help you out tremendously. Here they come to the left. Here they come to the right. They're behind you. I mean, you got literally thousands of birds flying at mm-hmm. all the time, and in they, they have a counter. Just like a counter, like they have on the airplane counting. Little, feet. little clicker, yeah. They sit there every time a bird falls, they click it, and and they're incredible people because they mark them. And like I said, we shot a hundred and five birds yesterday, and that's what they clicked on. And they brought a hundred and two. They only lost three birds.
1: Wow. Well, so I know. It's fantastic. I, I know also that a lot of the people that enjoy hunting that are from uh, uh, the other side of the border go down, and I know that the the people that live down there look forward to these hunters coming down because they don't always keep all the birds that they that they fall. So they 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 do a lot, giving them back to the community down there.
0: Well, you got to remember, this is uh, revenue coming in. Because the people that come down here to hunt, uh, they got to buy shotgun shells. They, gotta, they stay in hotels. Uh, they buy gasoline for the vehicles. They have to eat. And then the bird boys are normally people that uh, don't have any education. And uh, even some of the, the schools let the kids get out of school during dove season. So they make them, and you pay them. $20 a day, and they clean your birds, they pick them up for you, they help you, they carry your things out to the blind. So everybody uh, actually uh, wins. It's a win-win situation, and it's a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, you know, and like I said, you're get- helping the farmers out because they want you because uh, the millet and stuff are just destroyed, the sunflower seed farms and stuff that just come in by the thousand and destroy them.
1: Well, Grizz, tell us, you know, you, you hear a lot about gun control in Mexico and how safe it is and different things on the border. Can you talk a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind?
0: Sure. Well, you come in the border, for example, in Texas, there's a big sign up that says Hunters, pass here. And you go around and there's the military. They're sitting there. And you go in, and you have your paperwork in order, of course. And you pass in there. The soldiers look at the gun, check the serial numbers, give you a pass, and you go on. And then when you go back, you do absolutely the same. You show that you're taking the guns back out of the country. It's very easy. It's inexpensive. And uh, there's no problem whatsoever. I mean, we're safe. We're running around with guns uh all day long, and we don't have a problem. We got stopped yesterday by the military, and uh, they came out and they said, uh, what are you guys hunting for? And we said, well, we're going to go out tub hunting. And they said, well, that's good. They said, uh, are you going to pig hunt, meaning wild boar? And we right. said, yeah, I'm going to do that. Right after I get off the radio with you, John, I'm going wild boar hunting. Wow and uh, they said could you please give us a hind quarter if you get one and we said of course we will we'd be more than happy to give you a hind quarter if if i get a pig
1: yeah no are these uh, are these havelina or are they pigs
0: no these are feral hogs mm-hmm. these are what the people call wild boar russian wow. wild boar all they are is a feral hog that a, wa- a wild pig is what it actually is. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's,
1: that's a great story. Well, if you get one, could we have the ham? Sure. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's what they asked. We said, sure, we'd be more than happy. Uh, that's fantastic. They didn't even check our guns, check our papers or anything. Very, yeah. very nice. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, that's great. By the way... But it's
0: the, very safe.
1: Yeah. Well, in the next segment, we're going to have Misty Loggins coming up. And you haven't talked to her for a long time. She is... A
0: uh, long time.
1: She's a very attractive. But uh, she's uh, a country western singer out of Nashville. But she's also somebody you may not want to mess with. So we're going to find out about that, too. <laughs> and we're going to be talking some more about hunting. But... Uh, so are you doing some filming while you're there, Grizz?
0: Yeah, we're we're actually filming uh, duck hunting, uh, dove hunting, javelina hunting, and wild boar hunting is what we're okay. filming.
1: Well, go to ASOBproductions.com. dot uh, Grizz is the ASOB, but it doesn't stand for what you think it does. It's Adventures South of the Border. So, <laughs> but anyway, you are listening to, to Fish Talk Radio. Go to Radio dot com. Yeah, listen to the show as many times as you want, but stay tuned just for a couple of minutes and we got to have some fun coming up.
2: For your outdoor adventure in the West, calparksco.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Shasta Trinity Recreation Area is breathtakingly beautiful with all amenities, offering the best camping in California. California's largest reservoir, Diamond Valley, is just 90 miles from Los Angeles or San Diego, designed for an incredible fishery. At Silver Falls Lodge in Oregon, no need to rough it. Stunning beauty and first-class accommodations. Whatever your desire, calparksco.com has it.
0: I went down to the fishing hole, and I sat down with my fishing pole. Some grabbed my hook, and they got my bait, and they jerked me out in the middle of the lake. Some jumped. I got
5: sunk. Baptized on a credit. Fishing down on the muddy bank, I felt a pull, and I give a big yank. I hauled out three old rubber boots and a Ford radiator and a Chevrolet coupe.
1: Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio in... Wow. Gosh, I wish this was on television. We have with us a very lovely, talented young lady from Nashville, Tennessee, that's a country western singer. And she's an avid angler, but much to my surprise, I got in touch with her recently, and Misty Loggins, would you mind giving us a, well, of course, you still have the Grizz on the line from the last year Yeah, segment. thank
0: you, John. That's what I said. All you do is get a pretty girl, and a pretty girl that sings pictures and us, and you forget about your old no. buddy Grizz.
1: Well, what can I say? You want me to lie? But anyway.
0: You no, know, but I'm getting tears in my eyes. Okay.
1: But anyway, uh, Misty Loggins, would you give us a gosh, it's been such a long time. People may have not remember who you are. So give us a little bit of an intro about yourself and then go into what you've been doing just recently.
6: Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It has been a while and I always have a good time on. So we need to we need to correct my Long absence from being on Fish Talk Radio. And yeah, I can all, never I, find I, you. I call more often. Yeah, especially with the grizz because I'm a big fan. I follow you on Instagram. Oh, thank but, you, um,
0: baby.
6: Well, I love. Obviously, I love to fish, and uh, I I'm also um, a bow hunter. I'm one of Bowtech Archery's ambassadors. I'm on Team Bowtech, so uh, I hunt for whitetail turkey, grizzly bear, black bear, you know, basically, I, if I'm not in a studio, making music or on a stage somewhere making music, I'm out fishing or hunting. So I just am very, very blessed to get to do what I love to do and have so many people follow along on the adventures online or, you know, just, just uh to cheer me on. So I'm, I'm just back from Alaska, by the way. Okay.
1: That's what we want to hear about. That. Tell us. We want to hear about your, your just, you just got back a week or so ago, right?
6: Yes. Up in the Arctic Circle. Um, my brother, Whoa. who is, um, a retired Ar- army ranger who now works as a civilian contractor and still defends our country. He's actually deploying again in January. Um, he has made this hunt for years up in the Arctic Circle. Um, and when I was a little girl, I mean, hes he is my hero. He is an incredible human being and and has done so much for our country, but he is also a very humane and ethical hunter and is one of the inspirations that I had when I got more into hunting. And he's made the hunt for years and used to tell me about it. And I always dreamed that one day I'd get to go up there and do it, and this year I did. And it was nearly two weeks of the most extreme and exciting hunting you can imagine. I mean, we had we traveled by raft, um, nearly 150 miles upriver and across the ocean. Whoa. We camped on the ground. Um, we we lived off the land. We fished for our food, which we caught amazing grayling, amazing salmon, Arctic char. Um, I and, love
0: catching Arctic char.
6: Oh, it's delicious. They're, I mean, I've been hearing so of it recently. Oh, they're beautiful. They're so beautiful, so fun to catch, and uh, and delicious. And um, yeah, we went grizzly hunting. And in addition <laughs> to getting to share that experience with my brother, which we're talking sandstorms, hiking for miles. You know, it was there was nothing glamorous about it, but it was every wow. bit as amazing is and beautiful. And um, I got to share the experience with my Mafia Outdoors TV family as well, Jeremy wow. Starks, Nathan McAllister, and we just had a great time. And I was very, very fortunate to uh, take an incredible bear. Um, wow. And I'm, I'm here to tell you guys that grizzly bear... Most people haven't had it, but it is absolutely the most delicious meat I've ever had. Well, it's like great sirloin. M- so.
1: Misty, uh, you're you're probably very experienced in the wild, especially around bears. But I've got a little tip for you. Um, What's that? When, well, when you're when you're hunting bear, um, it, you know the the difference between a black bear and a grizzly. Normally, you can tell by the by, the scat. Now, when, whenever you're hunting, as you know, you always want to wear some bells because you don't want to startle the bear. They want to hear you coming. And then it's always a good idea to carry some bear spray. Um, but when you're out and you find some bear scat, how do you tell the difference between a black bear and grizzly bear scat? I don't know. Well, the grizzly, how do you tail- well, the grizzly bear scat um, smells like uh, uh, pepper and it has bells in it.
6: <laughs> oh, uh, my John! Now, I, I mean, really come on, John! Out. You can
0: do better than that.
6: Oh well, I have to tell you though, I did get charged by a bear. We were out, one night and um, and actually, uh, in, my sister-in-law was with us. She is an incredible rock star of a woman. She's also an army veteran, and this was her first experience getting to go up there as well. And we were out. Um, all my brother, my sister-in-law, um, our friend Ken and I we were sitting there and here comes a bear around the corner and just he's hungry and he is charging. I mean, 55 yards. My, my friend Ken got an incredible shot, but it was not, it was honest. I had my bow ready and, uh, unfortunately it was. It was do or die.
1: But. Yeah, well, I would have, I would have had my bow ready when I was thirty feet up in the tree.
6: Oh, I, if there would have been a tree, <laughs> this girl would have been up, and I'm just here to tell you, I, my, my, uh, in, my life sort of flashed before my eyes, and it wow. was a lot of fishing on repeat. To be honest, that's really what it was. Well, you so. know,
1: uh, I, I'm a little curious. I know grizzlies. I mean, a a full-grown grizzly bear, when he gets up on his hind legs, he can look in the second-story window of your house. Yep. And they are, but as far as using them um, and for hunting them, are they they scarce? Are they, is it a, uh, do you get a permit or kind of explain that to us? Especially, I guess, up there is probably where you want to go for them.
6: Right, and I'm really glad that you brought that up because one of the things I pride myself in is being an ethical hunter. And a lot of people, they see a picture of a grizzly bear and they think, oh, teddy bear. And I've had a lot of folks be quite disturbed at the idea of bear hunting in general. And uh, I try to educate people and let them know where we were hunting in the Arctic Circle, the grizzly bear is extremely overpopulated. I mean, there are bear tracks everywhere. They decimate the moose population. Um, A lot of my native friends up there who are Eskimo, um, they live in small villages. The bear are, it's a very dangerous situation for them. They don't have the proper weapons to defend themselves against the grizzlies, so a lot of the grizzlies are not, they're not being hunted. And they are the largest and the most fearsome predator in North America. So there's really nothing to take out the grizzly bear but other grizzly bears. So in that area, the grizzly don't have a lot of food source until the salmon come in. I mean, they do eat salmon and what have Mm -hmm. you, but they don't have a lot of food source, and it's it's not a balanced situation in wildlife. So that's why when you get hunters that follow ethics and they follow the regulations that are put in place, mm-hmm. you know, by the Alaska wildlife, um, you can take care of that imbalance. So I was proud to be a part of that. We were very careful to follow all the regulations, and we made a very humane and ethical harvest. So when folks see the pictures and they go, oh, my gosh, you took a teddy bear, I want to go, honey, <laughs> no, <laughs> not really, not really,
2: <laughs> not really.
6: and uh, yeah. but it's It's all part of a balance, you know yeah. i I couldn't feel comfortable hunting anything that I thought would would be a waste mm-hmm. and uh this wasn't a waste,
1: yeah, well, I'm sure that uh you know what did you bring back with you
6: um well, we ate um Everything we harvested up there, we had uh, a back straps are incredible. Of course, my brother lives in Alaska, so I uh-huh. didn't need to bring anything back with me to Nashville, which is very, very sad. So I think I'm going to have to take a trip back up to Alaska and eat some more bear. Okay. So, we didn't see any caribou. A lot of people have asked about caribou because I did mention, but um, the migration of the caribou's a little different this year. They weren't. They didn't come down to our part of the no attack okay. in time for me to get to do any caribou hunting.
1: <clears throat> Grizz, Grizz, are you still there? You're awfully quiet.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just fascinated by this lovely lady talking about hunting, and I want to marry her, even though I'm married, because I want somebody to travel with me <laughs> yeah, like you she's go. talking about.
1: Well, you know, all you have to do is move to Salt Lake City, Grizz. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time in Alaska. My favorite place is Nunavak. And I've killed a musk ox there and I've killed, well, I've, I've hunted Kodiak Island. I've got a nice Kodiak bear. I've killed brown bear, grizzly. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I've, glacier bear. I've shot a really nice glacier. I always wanted a glacier because I think they're so beautiful. And like you said, we ate them and we brought the pelts back and, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, they, not only do, uh, you need to thin some of the bear population out, but the money you take up there really ha- helps the native Eskimos because it those really people good. don't have a lot going for them. So they needed, it. it's just like what, what I'm doing right now. Uh, you know, we're helping out the, the Mexican. People here, they don't have a lot of recourse, resources. So, you know, we got our bird boys working, right. we're staying in the hotels. And they, so I mean, you know, a honey helps everybody,
1: Chris. It's- Grids, if you don't mind, we're we're going to have to take another break. But uh, Mist, if you don't mind hanging on for a little while, uh, let's 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 talk a little bit more about hunting. And I'm sure Grids wants to talk about some hunting in Mexico. So you are listening. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio, and we're going to get you there sooner or later. Go to FishTalkRadio.com. We'll be right back with you.
2: Dishin For your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Lake Comanche has 54 miles of shoreline and three marinas west of San Francisco, known locally as Monster Lake because of the big fish in abundance. Lake Hemet is surrounded by the majestic beauty of tall pines and giant oaks in the mountains of Southern California, a majestic vacation spot. CalParks Company is your prime location for outdoor adventures in the West.
3: 777 tuna
4: You never understand my way of thinking. To eat, sleep train
0: go fishing.
1: Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. Hey, you know what? Um Misty, we need some bumper music. Um, you do? Yes, we do. Well, so, you know, are you su- Yeah. Are you
6: suggesting that I uh that I Help come up with some bumper music for you guys.
1: I would love it.
0: Well, I would too. I, would. It. You you got I got put it on my deal. television show. There you go. There you I go. I will put you on my telephone, uh, my uh, television show. Yeah. Okay. If you you
6: sing got me yourself some a, deal, a deal, Grizz, and I'll come down there and sing it live for you. How
0: about that? Oh, come on, man! I would
1: love that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm, I'm 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 first in line.
0: Well, yeah, but you well, don't absolutely. have a home place to make in a round trip.
1: Yeah, okay.
6: I'll, I'll go. I'll go Mexico via California. Oh,
1: okay. Well, we can just go to Cabo. <laughs> got it, it's, it's, as you know, I got a condo in Cabo, so we'll take you down there and take you out and get your get you a marlin. But Sounds anyway, perfect. Um we've been talking to Misty about bears in the Arctic Circle, uh, and. You know, it is wow. That was a fascinating story, uh, and I don't know if you finished. You, you said you got charged by a bear, but you never said what happened.
6: Well, our my friend Ken, before I had to waste a, a good arrow on this guy at fifty-five yards. He was that was the bear that that he got to take for the week, and it was a beautiful one. Mm-hmm. I was proud of the bear that that. I got you know alongside my brother because it was a beautiful bear and and the color on it was is very beautiful. It's um it's a blonde grizzly and Ooh. and uh, and I made very shots so, small shot, so. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> you are so that is that your uh, is that your spirit animal, Grizz? Yeah,
1: you yeah, it sure grizz? is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but it, was, it, it, it was very
6: cool. Well, like I cool said, they, they
1: they call them grizz; they don't call them teddy bear. Exactly.
6: No, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> but we all know that on the inside, you're 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 really the teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, right? There you go.
0: <laughs> well, I will tell you, Missy, it depends on who you are. I can be a regular grizzly bear, or I can be a teddy bear. Uh, you know, on you know <laughs> how, I'm how all, people I'm, are with me,
1: M- Missy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I'm also no. curious. Um, the bear meat ca- can be, let's say, a little gamey, a little fatty. Can be good. Um, I remember some years ago when we were uh, fishing in Alaska, and the fish, the um, Sam, the um, you know, the charter captain. After the season's over, he goes bear hunting. So when we were up there, he gave us some bear meat to take home. Well, the bear meat that he gave us, apparently um, this black bear had been feasting on salmon. And this was the, it tasted like fish scales. I mean, it was terrible. It was terrible. But so I'm kind of curious about grizzly. Obviously, it depends a lot on what they eat. But as far as far as uh, table fare, um, how is that?
6: Absolutely the best meat I've ever had. Um, Grizzly, and I was very surprised because I had um, often heard that Alaskan bear, because of the salmon um, diet that they have, it has a fishy taste. This had absolutely no fishy taste. It tasted like really good hamburger. There was um, was more grease in it than there is in our, you know, southeastern black bear, which is what I'm used to eating as far as bear meat. But it was incredible and um of course these bear up there, they do have a lot of salmon, they eat a lot of baby moose. And and oh no. So, oh no. I know, I'm sorry, I just try to remind people. <laughs> okay. not a teddy bear. Not okay. Bears. Okay. You know. <laughs> but, but it was incredibly, it was an incredible table fair. It really was. Yeah. And an amazing spirit. Much better than the muck tuck. That my native friends oh. had me eating and the dried seal meat okay. but i actually enjoyed that wow. you know i i might be strange but that was that was an experience as well yeah.
1: yeah well in that in that part in that part of the world especially you know because they do have to survive through the winter so they have to store up the fat and and then, yep. of course the uh, you know the the indigenous up there you know they still uh, um sometimes take whale meat and eat the blubber and it's uh it's a little different thing. I know there's stories about somebody came back and, and it's like a little small town and in uh, the high school gymnasium was pretty much the town center and they yeah. they'd put this tarp on the floor and then they'd get all this whale blubber and <laughs> just put it out on the tarp and everybody would come in <laughs> and feast on it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
6: and one one thing that I thought was so beautiful about um, my native friends up there mm-hmm. and, and their community, community, they are still very community-oriented. When uh-huh. you live out in a place where the only way you can travel is by boat for miles or, Dog sled, or by plane, yeah. mm-hmm. then you become very... Much a community mindset, and they share everything in their community. They're um, the friendliest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. You know, they will go out of their way to help people, and and it's it was a very very beautiful thing. They're still very in tune with nature, and mm-hmm. uh, it was neat when we went in when I went into the small village of No Attack, All the little children come up to me, and they're like, "What's your name? What's your name? Can I touch your hair?" <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you can touch my hair," and of course, I'm blonde. So I, yeah. it occurred to me later that. Probably pretty rare that they eat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, I'm the color of, I've, I was told I'm the color of ice and sky. So. Oh,
1: that's cute. Yeah. That's
2: cute.
0: Oh. You know, that's cool. That was nice. cool. That's nice.
1: Well, anyway.
2: I
0: gotta tell you a story about eating up there. When I was on N- Nunavak Island, uh, I was hunting muskox and I was fishing Atlantic char and uh the the collect kind of like the boss on the reservation of the Eskimos uh had a permit for a walrus, and well, they didn't have guns big enough to knock down a walrus. so they asked me if I would go out and shoot the walrus for them and I said, "Well, you know, I never really thought about shooting a walrus, but they told me that I could keep the tusk and it would be a trophy, and I said, "Well, I'd never do it again." So I said, okay, because they needed to meet. So we went out on a boat, and there was this big bull, big, big, giant bull walrus sitting on this like iceberg sitting out there. And he said, that's the one we want you to shoot. Whoa. So I shot him, made a great shot on him, because you have to kill him immediately because they go in the water and they weigh tons. Right. Oh, yeah, like
1: 2,000 2, you know, pounds.
0: They would sink, and they couldn't get him. So I made a good shot. Uh, the animal went straight down. I mean, uh, there was, he just went to sleep, basically. And they, what they did is they pulled the boat as fast as they could up to that walrus on the ice. And with all of them, flipped him over and took a knife and opened up his stomach and started going crazy eating his stomach. because Ew. it was Oh, all my kinds word. Of, Clams and all kinds of Oh, God. Eat. And I mean, they're going there oh, and just eating it and eating it like candy. Oh, my God. And they oh, me God. a bunch of this, uh, you know, looking stuff, and they said, eat <laughs> it. And I'm like, I really don't want to, but then they, and I said, well, hell, I'm never going to do this again. Yeah. So I ate it, and it was
1: good. It was oh, like God. a seafood it, soup. Yeah, it was warm It was warm oh, and, and, and half digested. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Oh my God. My,
1: my, oh my. My
6: second day in the Arctic Circle, we we catch grayling, and my Eskimo friend yeah. immediately takes the eggs out of the grayling and goes here, yeah. hands them to me. Yeah. And I I mean we ate them right there on the riverbank. The bank, road. You know, yeah. And caviar. It was the caviar. The, yeah, it yeah. was. It was caviar. grayling yeah. caviar, and mm-hmm. it was really really good. Mm. So, you know, when here's my thing. Whenever I get blessed enough to have these adventures. I try to experience everything that's offered to me and not to judge if this is the way people have lived for thousands of years. I know, um, I, c- it's easy for, for folks to make judgments on, on mm-hmm. another person's culture, but it's, it's part of the experience and, uh, and it's part of being the balance in nature and, and these people, nobody loves and respects the whale and the seal like the natives do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just how they survive. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. So. Okay.
1: Well, we're, we're, getting, we're getting close on time. Let's kind of go back to Mexico a little bit. because Yeah, uh, let's, where uh, I'm, I'm sure. go down. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, Misty has some questions to Grizz about besides the doves, what else you've been doing down there.
0: Well, John, I got up early yesterday morning and went out to a pond. The guys took me out. Charlie and I sit there with my camera crew, and uh, we shot blue-winged teal that just came in and came in, and then the black uh, mallards, The Mex- they call them Mexican mallards or black mallards, came in. So we shot a bunch of those guys. And uh, then we came back in, came to the lodge, kicked back for a while, and filmed the town, because it's a beautiful little town. Then we went back out, and in two hours, uh, I mean, we're filmmaking. We're not out there, you know, trying to shoot everything that flies. So we shot a 100 birds, and I looked at Charles, and we still had an hour and a half of daylight. I said, that's enough. And then I asked my camera crew, I said, we don't need any more shots, do we? He said, no, so we quit hunting. Like I said, you're allowed 95 uh, per person, white yeah. wing, and 95 morning doves. So basically, you're allowed 200 doves per person, and in the ringneck doves, you can shoot as many as you want. There's no limit season or anything, because they're not native animals. And then this morning, we went out early, and uh, we set up in a blind, because I'm doing an article for the Star News uh, magazine about uh, most people think that have a are pigs, and they're not even related to a pig. They're rodent, but they really, look like, they
1: look like pigs. No,
0: they're, they're not a rodent. They do. Uh, they're, yeah, they're not a rodent. They're the same family as a raccoon. Oh, Okay. So, wow. I went out and uh, shot two of them this morning. We're okay. going to have a barbecue in them right now. So, wow. We invited the town in to have barbecue. Have oh, a Tonight. well, uh, And then uh, right now, as soon as I get off the phone, I, Gris, uh, I hit it up. Grizz, as soon as you get up, up. Grizz,
1: we're, 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 we're finishing, finishing up. up. We're, we're, out we're out of time, Grizz. Grizz, we're okay, out of time. Uh, Misty well, Loggins. Well,
0: I'm going to go pig hunting right now. Okay, okay Grizz. Uh,
1: and Misty, <laughs> real quickly, uh, mistyloggins.com, right?
0: Gone fishing.